Bad Spirit is what's going on on this fine Tuesday afternoon on the November 15th. We've got the RSM Classic coming up this week. And here to join me for our last podcast of the year, as this is the final main golf tournament of the PGA Tour schedule before we get into a bunch of hinky-dory type events in December, is my main man, Ron Klaas, PGA Splits 101. How are you doing today, my friend? Yeah, doing well. Um, this year definitely flew by. Um, like you said, last event of the year. Um, so yeah, here at Bettsburg's kind of uh, Bettsburg's golf, I should say, just getting started uh, this year and uh, got great things to come still. But uh, yeah, uh, Tony Fino, uh, that withdrawal kind of has a huge trickle down effect. I was fading him anyways. And so that <laughs> edge, that edge in doing so is obviously gone. Um, so yeah, the RSM Classic kind of turns into this wide open event full of journeymen and rookies and veterans, and you know it's really a, a lot of ways we can kind of get creative here. So looking forward to, to getting into it. Yeah, no, I think he was probably going to be pushing thirty plus percent ownership going into the week. So now that gets to go who knows where, and we're going to look into it and see if we can figure out some stuff. You know, I've got ownership here already that was prior to the the final withdrawal, so we'll see how that all unfolds but you know there's there's people that were lower owned just bef before even with you anyway that are just going to get a little bit more ownership and i think the guys that were popular underneath him will get even more so it's just kind of a prorated basis that we'll deal with i think that'll be just fine it's going to be a fun time i think it, like you said it's going to be the wild wild west now it's it's going to be chaos he was looking like the absolute favorite the guy was in great form and apparently has an injury inverted commas so we'll see what the deal is um I find it difficult to believe you play that good at golf if you are injured. But anyway, so we got the Sea Island golf courses that we have to deal with. They're playing the Seaside golf course for one round, and then they're playing the Plantation course for the next. This opens up some interesting strategies because I think from a showdown perspective, from what I understand, is they still got everybody in the same slate. So if you are looking to take advantage of a wave split type of thing, but it's more of a course split, the plantation course typically plays a little easier relative to par because it's got multiple par fives. I've got four par fives, I believe. And um, that's where, you know, the majority of the scoring comes from. So if you're going to be playing guys, you can stack the plantation side of things. And then if you want, just play a really good guy that you really like on the seaside. If you're playing some showdown, just right off the bat. Um, we have noticed that usually when the wind blows, the plantation course plays a lot easier than the seaside course too so i haven't really looked at the weather but based off history i think that's been the trend so if the wind is blowing especially you want to kind of get your guys playing the plantation course first and getting out of that wind i don't know just for some reason that's how it's unfolded in the past so that's kind of just the the, the strategy using the two different types of courses um we're going to be using a course mini course preview here real quick before we get going just based off of the seaside course, which I'll be, you know, if you're going to be playing a guy, he'll play there three times this week. So from what I've gathered, it's going to be a putting competition this week. Uh, it's not often that you see putting correlate the highest out of all the stats. The four main categories usually approaches the top tier dog there. But every single year, it seems like um, putting is definitely the guy that's going to be correlating for success at this venue. So I've ramped up my model to 35% putting, which I don't typically do. But I've got guys that are inside of 15 feet, which I think is a pretty, like you said, once upon a time in a podcast we did that we've got 
a pretty decent understanding of how good a putter can be from inside that 15 foot range. You know, some guys get a little luckier from outside that range, but good putters are typically very good putters all the time from inside 15 feet. So I'm using that as a, as a core metric in my model. And then going to a proximity side of things, you're going to want um, guys that are very good from 125 to 200 yards. I think about what 57%, 60% of golf shots will be coming from that range, which is where you can make a lot of good scores. And then you want to have guys that are going to keep the ball in play. Off the tee is paramount accuracy. So that's kind of just the basics for me. Make birdies, easy scoring, um, keep your ball in play off the tee accuracy-wise, and then we want good putters. So that pretty much brings in about half the field if because each person in the field has got about one of those two traits, you know. So we'll see what happens, but that's going to open up avenues to also be different. There are guys that are long bombers that succeed on these type of courses, so... That is another avenue we can look into. So that's my little mini short and sweet long course preview for you guys. Um, anything else you want to add, Ron? I know your your throat's been a little hoarse, so we're going to do a, a Ron's throat play of the day, which is going to be the horse for the course. And it's it's kind of going to be one of those final farewell wishes for you. So anything else you want to add, Ron? No, you, you summed it up well. You know, the, the recipe for success here is obviously hitting fairways. You know, there is some danger off the tee, but that's that's only if you're really wild. Um, you know, there is a lot of water out here. There are some kind of marshy areas um, that, you know, if you're wild off the tee, that, that can affect you. But again, if you're in the fairway, it pretty much comes down to, like you said, wedges and mid irons uh, into these greens. Uh, the greens are probably the toughest part of the course when you look into it even the plantation course. And I know it's only one round, um, but you know, a lot of players have talked about how the, uh, the greens when they, when Davis love renovated um, those greens on plantation, they're much tougher now than they used to be. Uh, and you really have to hit the ball on your approach to the right quadrant uh, of those greens. And so, you know, just those guys, you know, approach who are able to get those wedges in there. Um, and then of course, uh, like you said, it really is a putting contest. And, um, you know, another narrative that kind of people always talk about here is, is there's a lot of local golfers who either live near Sea Island or practice at their facility there. And so, you know, looking back, those guys haven't had a whole lot of success here, um, which kind of goes against the whole, you know, home game narrative. Um, but you have a lot of them back this week. And, uh, you know, who knows, maybe this is the year, uh, you know, one of those guys uh, will bring it home. Hashtag Sea Island Mafia. I think that's the what's trending on Twitter over here on the golf side of things. But yes, there are some good. There are some good. Um, the course history is very weird because it's it's a very difficult golf course off the tee if you're struggling, and that can just result in instant miscuts, one or two bad holes, and you're out of it. You know, so the course history isn't as sticky as we've seen in in other places. But there are certain guys that really do well on this course still. You know, and I think that's testament to how good they are typically off the tee, which is one way to go about it. And then just one more thing before we dive into this. It's going to be, now that Tony Finau's out, ownership is going to be even more important because for me, if you've got a putting competition and a course that's got all these hazards, I think you can be even more aggressive on the ownership side of things because there's the the, the chances that your guy's going to be, the safety at this course is is tough to, to gauge, right? There are certain guys that play well, yeah, all the time, but there's there's danger lurking on every tee shot right so it can be a problem if you get errant and one or two bad holes like i said can really ruin your chances so ownership is going to be something i really focus on i'm going to try and get off chalk as much as i can this this week typically you know we've seen good chalk 
hit a lot lately. So Tony Finau is going to change it all up for us, and I'm excited for it. So let's get right into it. We've got Seamus Power at the top of the slate. Yeah, 10-5, and then Brian Harmon at 10-3. So I believe those are the are those the only two guys in this 10K range. I don't know if I'm missing yep. any. No, um, it's, it's crazy this week. So, yeah. So let's go to uh, Tom Hoagie and Taylor Montgomery also round out the top of the 9K range at 98 and 9,600 bucks. And from what I'm seeing, Taylor Montgomery is looking like the least owned guy in this range. And I think that's kind of based off of his poor performance that we saw last week at the Houston Open. Um, he's a bomber off the tee. He's got lots of distance, but he's also quite accurate. He hit a lot of fairways last week. And he's the best part in the field. So right now, after Tony Finau has been deleted out of my model, he's number one in my model. So I'm going to be playing a lot of Taylor Montgomery. It's a putting competition. He is the best putter in the field, if you ask me. I know we saw some regression last week, but guess what, Ron? He never actually, I missed out on that top 20 bet, but I never had any of him in my DFS lineups. And he barely made the cut. He had a hole out from the fairway like an eagle. So it was a wild round for him, but he was playing with Sam Burns and Tony and... Uh, Scotty Scheffler, like we discussed. And I don't think his putter was right on right on cue. Now we go to a course like this where I think putting is important. Why would you not want to roster one of the best putters in the field? So if he's going to be low-owned, I'm down for him. I know the approach play is not necessarily the best, but man, he is just, he can gain five strokes in one round, which you can't really do with irons. You know, like you have to be an elite iron player in order to do that. But this guy we've seen, he's gained multiple, multiple strokes in multiple rounds on his short PGA Tour career already. And then I'm a big fan of Seamus Powers. He just scores well. I think a lot of his metrics aren't going to be showing up because he's been playing all these Yahoo tournaments that uh, don't have any strokes gained out in the rest of parts of the world. And he's, you know, he's not going to be pulling well in models. So I like those two plays for those two reasons. Obviously, every play in this range is good because that's why they're at the top of the range. But... That's me done. I've been speaking a bunch, but I'm excited for this week. And I've got a lot of 7 and, and 6K guys that I want to get to. So I'm going to try and keep it short from here on out. But who are you liking here in the 9,600 and above range? And just to uh, just to backpedal, kind of taking a big picture strategy look here really quick. So with Fino out, okay, like you said, you only have two players who are above 10K, which I can't even remember the last time we've seen anything like this. And so... I mean, you can honestly play any three upper tier players that you want, and you can still fit three guys in that six to seven K range that mm -hmm. could very easily make the cut. Yes. So you can get really creative with how you kind of select if you want to go complete stars and scrubs. And I guess we're saying the word stars very lightly here because there's really no stars. But, um, you know, in a field like this, you know, Seamus Power, Brian Harmon, Tom Hoagie, these are the stars. So that's what we have to deal with. Um, but again, I, you know, I mentioned to you um, off the air here that, you know, when I see a guy like, you know, Dean Burmeister sitting down there at 6,300, who we'll get to, you know, he's literally 59th in the world. He's the 10th highest ranked player in this field, and he's at 6,300. If he just makes the cut and even finishes in the top 40, you know, that 6,300 opens up so much. And I think my plan this week is to try to chase as much win equity even though there's not much of it in this field mm -hmm. as much as I can at the top here. And so, yeah, just getting into, you know, Seamus power is, is tricky because I think some people who are running models, you know, his approach numbers are awful, but yeah. they don't include the last two events, which were not measured. And he finished first and third in those two events. And so obviously 
you know, with no shot link and no strokes gain approach data, you know, he, he definitely was in the positive. Um, and just watching on TV, you know, it looks like he figured out um, whatever problems he had uh, with his irons. Um, he's always been super accurate off the tee. He's a positive Bermuda putter. You know, he was fourth here last year. And so, um, you know, I think that might keep his ownership down a little bit because people aren't looking at, you know, if they're just going by a straight model and, you know, you see those approach numbers are so bad. Yeah. Um, so really love power here. Lots of win equity, you know, just two top three finishes his last two events. I, I think he's a must play. Brian Harmon right below him, you know, eight straight made cuts, six top 25s in those eight events. You know, he was runner up at Mayakoba, one of the most accurate drivers of the ball. You know, two top 15s here, and he's 24th in the world. You know, people, I don't think anybody, most people when, when they hear that are shocked, you know, because he he hasn't won in forever, but he's just so consistent. Um, and so this could definitely be the week that he kind of breaks through as well. And, you know, he's really really not known for his, his great approach game, but when you look at, you know, between 125 and 175 yards, he's 12th in this field. So I really like Harmon. And then Hoagie, um, you know, obviously we all know he's an elite approach player. Um, since he finished fourth here last year, he's gone from 124th in the world rankings all the way up to 36 right now. And so kind of this last year, you know, he's just kind of become one of these really good, uh, maybe even borderline great uh, PGA players. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of this week comes down to can he make enough putts? Um, yeah. So um, we're going to we're going to be on the opposite side again here because Taylor Montgomery is the guy up here that I am not playing for the first time this week, actually. Um, like you said, the approach play, you know, I think he's he's a guy that fits better on the course last week um, where, you know, he's really long off the tee. He can kind of bomb it. And so, you know, you kind of saw a little bit of a downturn last week. He struggled. Um, can he bounce back this week, you know, in a field that's this week, he could, of course, if he starts making everything on the greens, yeah, you know, putting contest, he kind of does fit perfectly. Um, be really interesting to see what his ownership ends up at, especially with Fino out. Um, cause people are going to look at his, his log and see how many top 15s he's had recently. And so, um, I just don't think he's the best fit for this course. Um, so he is the one guy I will be off of. No, that's completely fair, and I get the logic and everything. So, but if you're looking at his log of top 15s, you know, Seamus and Brian and Hoagie are, they've all got very similar type vibes, right? They've all got great history coming into this event. So, and then we get to guys like Jason Day, Keith Mitchell, Joel Damon, Denny McCarthy, and Matthew Neesmith, who are all going to be very, very popular this week. They're much cheaper than, you know, these boys at the top here, and they, they, arguably have as much upside as the rest of them maybe not as much as Seamus who's just recently won but they all they've all got opportunities to do good stuff at this venue and it's looking very chalky in this range and there's a good chance I'm skipping this entire range and just going you know with those three three guys you know at the top and then just really getting weird with you know six and seven k guys so I do have an outright on Joel Damon I think his ball striking is just going to be off the tee. He's super accurate. He's one of the most accurate guys there is. And his iron play, I think he's only lost like one or two, one or two times in his last 12 or 16 rounds. So he's just been so consistent with his irons. And then you get to the putting, which is a major issue. But he's played good golf, losing strokes putting and finishing inside the top 20 
in multiple events. So he can get it done without the putter, but that upside's lacking because you know we've said you can gain five strokes putting, but it's tough to do that on on the iron side. Is he going to be able to do that? I think with everybody putting really well, like Jason Day, Keith Mitchell, Denny McCarthy, those are all guys that are really good putters that I think people are going to lean towards over, you know, Joel, who's a nice household name, but not necessarily going to be as popular as those other dudes. So he's probably one of the guys I'm going to lean on the most in this range. Um, who are you liking in this in this bottom of the 9K range, Jaron? Um, the honest truth is I like everybody. Um so yeah, it's, this this is um so yeah when you go from Jason Day down to Neesmith at nine k, um you know if my strategy is going to be, again, am I going to go a whole lot of Burmeester maybe, and if I if I am you know I could fit four of these guys and you know and I can just kind of mix and match, um so I think that's another viable strategy this week you know if you are going to kind of mix in two lower on guys you know you could fit actually could fit four of these into your lineup and, and yeah. just kind of mix and match down low. And so that's another option this week. Um, I just think this area, once you get below here, yes, there's still some guys, but I think you're, you're really losing a lot of win equity. Once you get below here, um, you know, Jason day, obviously he gained another 3.1 on approach last week. That's now eight events in a row. He's gained on approach. He's also gained four straight with the putter. Mm. Um, you know, Keith Mitchell, Really good last week, gained 7.1 ball striking. Uh, he's super accurate off the tee, loves Bermuda. He's one of the Sea Island boys here. So, you know, um, you know, you got that to keep in mind. Obviously, you you made a great case for Joel Damon. You know, the last three events, he's gained a total of 24.6 tee to green. And that doesn't even include his third-place finish at Mayakoba. Um, and so, you know, he's he's a guy like Tom Hoagie to me. If he, if he can make some putts this week, he has as good a chance to win as anybody. And then you have Denny McCarthy sitting there, you know, still looking for his first ever victory. You know, I think this sets up really well for him. You know, it's a much better fit than Memorial Park was last week. You know, he's got two top tens in his last three trips here. The very best Bermuda putter in the entire world. And if, if we're talking a, a putting contest, you know, Denny McCarthy is the one, you know, that I want uh, on those greens. And uh, finally, Matthew Neesmith, you know. Before he finished 53rd last week, he had three straight top tens. Uh, and again, great course history here. Um, he's an elite iron player. Uh, improved with the putter as well, and I think mm -hmm. that's one of the reasons he's had uh, so much success recently. So for me, um, there's a lot of guys I'm going to be fading in the AK range, and so that's why I'm, uh, I'm going to load up more up here. No, that's totally fine. And I just want to say, Denny drove me nuts. I had – he. I was in contention to like win $200 off of a $1 entry in a 20 entry max. And Denny shot 77 and in my best lineup. So I am pissed at Denny McCarthy right now. I don't know what he's doing, shooting 77 and playing one par three, six over par in four rounds of golf. So I don't like him right now. I'm having a tough time even just looking at his name and mentioning his name out of my mouth. But just how to get that out of the way before we get into this AK range because it was brutal. I was looking so good and then he just absolutely ruined all my chances. So Denny's out for me. Don't like him. Not this week. Although also just as a non-biased opinion, he's putting. If you look at these guys up at the top here, Ron, this year, there's a whole bunch of guys above him that are putting much better than him. And he's played 22 rounds of golf and the putter has not been good. And that's his go-to. So 
Is he going to bounce back? You know, I think Taylor Montgomery is putting much better than Danny McCarthy right now. So just putting that out there, um, Danny's putter has not been present lately, and neither has he. So putting that out there for the world to do what you want. 8K range. Matt Kuchar, Seth Gala, Patrick Rogers, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrith, Webb Simpson, and Kevin Kisner. Then we round out the bottom with some Justin Rose, Davis Riley, Brendan Todd, and Wyndham Clark. These boys are going to be like the ugly ducklings sitting underneath this, this, um, the sexy 9K range. You know, like you said, you're going to be fading a lot of these guys. I'm kind of the other way inclined. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to playing some Matt Kucha. I think he's got some great course history here. Um, his game sets up theoretically very well for this venue. He's going to come in around about 10%-ish owned, which I don't think is going to be nearly as close to the guys that are above him in that 9K range. He's going to be cheaper, too. Um, there's also a few guys like Justin Rose, who I'll be playing, who's also very similar ownership. Somehow, he's fourth in my model, and I think that's got to do with his proximity numbers from 125 to 200 are sensational, and he's putting. He's like one of the best putters in the field. So with with that going on, and with these greens much bigger, they're a little bigger, right, than normal, these, yes. these green sizes. So that's going to, another, especially with how good his proximity numbers are, his, his only weakness in his game seems to be around the green. At least this year, that's where he's losing in the six rounds he's played. And that, at this course, I don't think is as essential. So I really like Justin Rose this week. I've got him in a matchup over, actually, um, Patrick Rogers. By the way, that Russell Henley, um, Aaron Wisebet cashed big time. That was nice when Russell missed the cut yeah. early, so that was beautiful. Yeah, that was a great call. Yeah, so I'm going with Justin Rose over Patrick Rogers week, this week as my random bet head-to-head, uh, -head. and I'm playing Justin Rose. I know he's going to be really chalky, but he played well last week, and his putter is just, you know, that's what you're looking for. He's a really good putter at this venue. So Matt Kuchar, some... What do you think about McKenzie Hughes' driver at this course? I know he's got some good course history here, but since then he's gone like Hulk mode and try to pound as many yards onto his driver as possible. I don't know if he's going to like, is he going to keep doing that at this course or is he going to hit some three woods and three irons and hopefully keep it in play a bit more than he did last week? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure most players are going to club down here. I think the average driving distance is right around 275. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's an interesting play just because i think he's going to be really popular you know he's was second last year you know he's kind of a short game specialist um you know he won at sanderson and he was 16th last uh, last week at houston so he's a guy that i'm probably going to be off of just because of that um because yeah when you look at the numbers you know the approach numbers are not good um and you know even whether he's gained distance wise or not that's not going to help him here and so um, you know, I do, that's, that's just always in the back of my mind with him is his, you know, inability to, to keep the ball in the fairway. And so, um, you know, we all know how good he is around the greens, but and for me, and just because of so many greens that are hit here in regulation around the green play really does not matter that much this week. And so of course he, he's really good putting, um, but he's, he's a guy that I'm fading in this range. So. No, that's fair. So who are you? Who are you playing in this range if you are? So, yeah, I'm, I'm dropping all the way down. I do love Rose this week. Uh, and like you said, it's just how good he's been at putting on these Bermuda greens. I think he's a really good play. I think he, you know, had a really nice week last week. Um, Davis Riley, um, even with with the news of Finau being out, uh, I think he's might be one of the best value players on the board. You know, 8,100 I think is a steal for him. And I will say – betting wise he is the one 
player that I'm so afraid of winning this thing that I did not put an outright on just because, you know, just the inconsistency. But I do think this is a really good course fit for him. Um, and then right below him, Brendan Todd, um, you know, probably the second best Bermuda putter in the field overall. You know, we're looking long-term form here. Um, he's got two top tens in the fall so far. He finished fourth here in 2019. Um, and so, yeah, Brendan Todd, as most people know, he kind of fits this course perfectly. So for me, it's just kind of those bottom three, um, Rose, Riley, and Todd. Cool. No, I'm I'm with you on on Todd and Rose. I'm going to put my foot in my mouth and go on record and say, we've seen what Davis Riley gets up to when he gets close to the top of the leaderboard. Outside of of taking care of um, business at the the event where he lost to Burns in that playoff, Ever since then, it's just been it's been tough setting for him. And then we go to a course like this where we've seen his driver in contention can get errant. And he has these bad holes, Ron, where he can hit him in the bushes. But this time, he doesn't even have bushes. There's water. There's hazards. There's all sorts of stuff. I'm cool. I've seen lots of people talking about Davis. I wouldn't be too scared about him. I know this is a, it's a hot take. It's one that can come back and bite me in the butt. But... I'm okay. I don't think Davis has got that capacity to to really contend as a as a winner on the PGA Tour right now. And related to that, I just looked this up. So he's played 30 career Sunday rounds, and he is losing 0.94 strokes um, per round on those Sundays. And so, yeah, like you said, he's been kind of in contention near the top of the leaderboard, and then he kind of just collapses, whether it's on Saturday or mostly here on Sunday. Yeah. So I uh, totally agree with you on that. Him and Patrick Rogers both. I mean, it's it's insane. I saw Rogers at the top of the leaderboard, and I, I got a little nervous. And then I was just like, you know, the reason you never played him is because he went five over par for the remaining 36 holes over the weekend. So that's there's just some, some guys that can't get it right. But if they have a bad first two rounds and they've kind of found themselves looking from the outside in, that's when you need to be worried because the, the pressure's off and they can play it to their, their capabilities. So... Brendan Todd, Justin Rose in the bottom AK range, Matt Kuchar at the top there, kind of. Um, Taylor Pendrith seems to be a guy that might go under the radar as one of those bombers, but he's a really good wedge player, and his length off the tee obviously allows him to just hit three irons off the tee, which, you know, he's got really good approach play um, for the most part from the long the long range side of things, which for me is a little bit of a contrarian player in this, in this AK range, but I'm not getting too fancy at all. Moving into the sevens, we've got a very chalky Andrew Putnam. And just before I do this, sorry, if I've got Brendan Todd and Justin Rose as third and fourth in my model, and they're going to be slightly less owned than that sexy 9K range we just spoke about, they're going to be quite chalky if you're looking at everyone around them. But I don't think they should be in this range. You're getting a very good price for them, and they're going to be popular in this area. But if you put them right in that 9K range, they're going to be right in that same ownership range as those other guys, and you're getting a $1,500 discount on a Brendan Todd. So I'm completely fine eating the chalk on those guys. You know, they open up salary elsewhere for me. Just some, some stuff there. Andrew Putnam is going to be very popular as well. Rightfully so. I love his off the tee game at this venue. I love his short game. You know, the putting is fantastic. I think he's one of the shortest hitters on, on the tour and he's going to be totally comfortable on this course. I think he's very accurate. Love to see him doing this. And that's why he's, he's going to be popular. So Got an outright on him. I'm not sure I'm going to play him that much. It's going to be interesting. You know, you're going to have to put him in a, in a contrarian build because he's going to be very popular in the $7,900 range. And then we've got Alex Smalley, Aaron Rye, JJ Spahn, um, some Nick Hardy, Harris English, Scott Stallings, and then SH Kim in the $7,500 range. Who, 
isn't looking very popular and the, the irons are not very good, but I, he was the reason I went and looked at this golf course and checked out the map. All the water seems like it's off the tee, right? That's where the biggest issues are. That's where the hazards are. That's okay. He's really, really good off the tee. The irons, if you're going to hit a bad iron, it's going to be in a bunker. You're going to be chipping, whatever. You're not going to hit yourself into water with an iron. Hopefully not too many holes. There are some holes that have some water around the greens, but the majority of the water is off the tee. SH Kim, that's his biggest issue is on approach. He's a very good putter. So give me SH Kim at 7,500 bucks. Nice and low owned. Very good putter. You know, we'll get hot and cold with the irons. Take a chance on those at this this kind of ownership. And uh, we roll with that. Nick Hardy's another guy at 7,600 bucks. I'm absolutely in love with. We know the iron player can just be scintillating. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed with this guy. I think he's got one of the best iron play um, stats in the field. And then Harris English is a Sea Island Mafia member. And his game is moving in the right direction, Ron. I've got another outright on him. You know, if you're looking for a guy that can absolutely go nuclear with the putter, Harris English is your man. So a lot of his a lot of his game is kind of coming together again. He's he's hit like 68% of his fairways over the last 12 rounds. So that's coming together. I think since the hip injury, he's lost a bit of distance, which has been hurting him in other bigger courses, this kind of venue ideal for him so that's what i'm liking at the top of the 7k range ron tell me who you liking at the top of the 7k for yourself yeah. so this is kind of my prime betting range this week and there's just so many guys who when the numbers obviously first opened had so much value for example alex smalley i think at you know at 7900 here um you know he's kind of been trending upwards uh he really loves and thrives on these coastal type courses uh so i really love him at 7900 andrew putnam is is he's just a guy that you know i don't know how popular he'll be you know obviously i haven't looked at the numbers that much yet as far as ownership and they're going to be off now yeah at least for a little bit anyways with fino right but, now he's 14 ish percent what okay from a random website that i'm using i'm not going to name the name but it's you know it's one of the highest in this range yeah and he like he finished fifth in the in the model i ran i'm still trying to figure out how he finished that high but i guess when you look at everything you know he's 13th in approach you know when you go back to the last 36 rounds he's actually the second best player in this field when you look at you know correlated courses to sea island he's 25th he's the 11th best putter he's 15th in fairways and so you know he's not like the best in anything really but he's just so consistent uh, so I do like him uh, in that range right there. Um, I think Harris English is another guy who, yeah. you know, we, we talked a lot about when he had the injury, you know, he was kind of rusty, kind of inconsistent. I think he's definitely turned the corner uh, as far as being much more consistent now. Uh, definitely a course that fits him, a guy who can sink a ton of putts. Uh, he's fifth on uh, uh, all the different correlated courses to Sea Island. So I think he uh, is a great play here at 7,700. Um, you know, Scott Stallings, a guy who, you know, you look at the approach numbers, you know, not great. Um, but you know, at 7,600, I think he's a guy that should be in that, you know, the mid 8k range. So, you know, if you're looking for some value, um, kind of a boomer bust play in this range, uh, then you have Chris Kirk, you know, a guy who's won here, struggled a lot recently, you know, he's 97th in this field in the last 36 mm -hmm. rounds. So really not in good form. Um, uh, but again, you know, we talked about this once we get into these lower, 
uh, price values, you know, you kind of look at course history maybe a little bit more. And so he's an interesting decision there. You got Grayson Sig, you know, another Sea Island member um, playing pretty decently um, as of late, 7,500. And kind of the guy I've been targeting who, you know, he had a great summer, um, you know, had a little conversation that I shared, you know, going with his caddy, you know, JT Poston sitting right there at 7,500, you know, again, the guy had a, like I said, a great summer, bring some win equity to the table here. Um, he seemingly should be a great course fit, um, you know, can really sink a lot of putts. Um, and so, you know, I think he's another play at 7,500 that, you know, I've got an outright on him at a hundred to one, which to me was, was a little crazy. Um, but, um, you know, he's got him to come back to for better, or for worse here. Cool. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be one of an ownership leverage play for sure. You know, I don't think a lot of people, they're going to see his course history. I mean, former cuts in a T14, not sexy at all, but it should make sense. Right. And I think one person I want to mention right before we get into the bottom range is JJ Spahn is another guy that I'm, I'm kind of, I really liked until I saw he's going to be a little popular too. Um, I thought he was going to be a good pivot off of Aaron Rye, who I think a lot of people are going to be gravitated towards after his good finish on a very difficult golf course, which I think is his specialty. He doesn't hit a lot of greens. His birdie or better percentage is not very good. He doesn't play easy course as well. So JJ Spahn, on the other hand, is the opposite. So I like what he can get up to. And, you know, he's he's really accurate off the tee. And he's he's had some good finishes. Yeah, I think he's got a second. And he's had two T15s in his last two starts. So I'm going to be going to JJ Spahn in the $7,800 range for sure, too. Um, let's get into the bottom of the 7k range. Yeah, we got some Hayden Buckley love, we've got some Taylor Montgomery, Justin Lower at 7,300 bucks. We've got Lee Hodges, a very, very chalky Ben Griffin after some really good performances lately. Who I'm going to be off of thanks to some off the tee inaccuracies that he has. Um, Robbie Shelton's another guy I'm going to be liking in this range. We've got some Luke List love again, Ron. Uh, no, think, no, 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 no. Nope. Why not? Because Luke List, T4, T53, miscut T10 at this venue, man. He's he's one of these guys that I think he's gained zero strokes putting at this venue, which for him is like monumental. He's played here, what, 14 rounds and has averaged zero strokes, which for Luke List is like one stroke per round more than he norm normally does. So he's really, really good on these greens for some odd reason. I don't know if his recent, I mean, the recent putting is catastrophic, but it always has been. He's just one of those guys that really plays well here for some reason. So I was curious. I'm, I was curious on your take to him, but you're not liking him this week, huh? No, I just, again, the the 10th place and the fourth place, again, if you if you want to play him here, I think, you know, at, at this price range, I think you can, you know, you can throw him in a few lineups. Uh, but... I thought he was a great fit last week and he just did not show up. And then, you know, if we're, if we're talking, this is a putting contest. I just, I just think the odds of him, you know, coming up with another top 10, top 20. Um, I just don't think they're that high here. I know, but he can hit him stiff. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird thing. I, he's a weird character, you know, it's, but for me, I'm okay going to him now when he was very popular last week on difficult greens. Now he's going to be less owned a little bit. I'm okay going there. I don't know why. It's just how it goes. Um, I'm a big fan of Robbie Shelton this week as well. I think I've always liked him. Um, kind of when 
Putter went rogue on him last week. So I'm okay kind of hoping he gets a bit of a bounce back. But I love how his game kind of correlates to this venue. Um, off the tee is very accurate too. And Lee Hodges as well. Going to absolutely play some Lee Hodges. Kind of, he's a little chalky too, but not as chalky as Ben Griffin, which is totally fine by me. Um, love him there. And then Justin Lower. Big fan of Justin Lower. He's had a T8 and T4 in his like seven starts that he's played in. He's made all of the cuts apart from one last week, which is fine. He, I think he four-putted from like five feet, which absolutely ruined me. I had like 48% Justin Lower in my lineups. So that wasn't fun. So we'll go back to him. And then Hayden Buckley is going to be one of these guys that's going to be like massively accurate off the tee. He's, he's one of the best drivers in the field from an accuracy and distance perspective. And... It's just going to give him so many opportunities to hit good art, uh, good iron shots onto the green from the middle of the fairway on this course. So I think, you know, with, with his off the tee prowess, we are looking we're looking real good there. So those are some guys I really like in the top here um, or the bottom of the 7K range. Who, who, any guys you like here? I absolutely love Taylor Moore this week. Uh, at 7,400, uh, you know, he finished in the top 15 in my model, you know, the fifth best player in this field over the last 36 rounds. Um, you know, young guy, uh, he's only played here one time. He finished eighth here last year. Um, you know, and even, even just, even coming off the miscut, you know, at the Houston open last week, um, you know, he's, when you kind of go through his, you know, past five months or so, you know, he's, he's played around 15 events and he's made 13 out of 15 cuts. I mean, we're talking about some high finishes too. You know, he's got three top 12s. Um, and I just think, you know, this is another um, course that just kind of fits his game. And so I think it's great value at 7,400. Um, I'm totally with you on Justin Lauer. I think he is, you know, he, he's kind of struggled um, on the greens last week, uh, losing 1.7 strokes. And that hardly ever happens with him. You know, he's really a good putter. He's really good on Bermuda, very accurate off the tee. Um, he's just a great price for someone who has two top eights this year. Um, and then my other guy uh, is going to be Adam Long. Um, you know, I mm -hmm. kind of keep coming back to him. And, uh, you know, another guy who, you know, he's got, you know, course history on some of these, um, you know, even recently, you know, where he – Hasn't totally come through, but here we go again. You know, last three, last three trips here, he's got three top thirty-fives, um, and so uh, I do like Adam Long and uh, a lot of guys down in this range. And even as we get lower here, that all kind of be kind of mixing and matching with with a lot of those guys in the in the nine K range. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I was I'm I'm I Adam Long as well, and he's gotten two miscuts on two straight events where he's had really good course history. And I don't know if that's just good course history or if he's just played well at this time of the year, typically. But he's not playing good golf right now. But he's putting. I think he's one of he's he's currently leading the field in putting, like in the season, I think, which is ridiculous. We've got Taylor Montgomery, we've got Brendan Todd, Danny McCarthy, all those boys in the field. He's got one of the best putting records in the field here in his 18 rounds. But he's been missing cuts like crazy because his irons and and every part of his the rest of his game is in shambles. I don't know if I'm going to, you know, he's looking at 7 8%. I don't know if I can lean on a guy like that who isn't, I like him from a putting aspect for sure, but I don't know if I'm a big fan of him. You know, if he's going to be hitting his ball in the water, you can can make all the bogey putts you want in the world. It's not going to help you. So that's kind of just my philosophy at that kind of ownership. Um, Adam Shank is another guy that's very interesting. He's he's had a few really good finishes. Yeah, I think 
he's got multiple top 30s and a and a few missed cuts, which is fine. You know, like one or two bad holes, you're out of the field, but it is what it is. Um, he's one of these guys that's kind of difficult to put your finger on. So I'm a big fan of Adam Shank. Brandon Wu is a nice guy. He's made six straight cuts. He's very accurate off the tee. The putter can come and go as it wants, um, but he, he doesn't necessarily get to the top of the leaderboard. Francesco Molinari is very accurate off the tee, typically. And we've seen this guy's won the Open. So he's a major winner that's sitting at a casual $7,100 and possibly like 2% owned. Hello, Francesco Molinari. Sign me up for him. Um, that's a nice guy I like in this range. Two at the bottom here. I've got, I think what's going to happen with me, I'm very excited for this week. I'm going to enter 150 lineups. I've got far too many guys that I like in the 7 and 6K range. I want to play them all. I've, I've done like ample amounts of research on these guys and they've got some really good course history in this range so in order to get exposure to them i think i'm gonna have to play 150 lineups so i can't fit them into my 40s so that's what's going on there some scott piercy love he's played well here before and he's he's doing he's doing good stuff recently john her another guy in the 6k range we're getting into now he i've got him here as jockey johnny this guy is a horse for the course magician man and he is He's had T12, T12, miscut, T37. So when he plays on courses that he likes and these, these shorter tracks that require like dink and dunk type play, he's very, very good. So I've got well ahead of myself here. I'm very excited for this event. These are the guys I'm going to be eyeing out in the bottom of this range, Ron. Please fill in the gaps for any people I've missed in any other ranges on the way on my journey over the last five minutes here. Yeah, you get a lot of great guys. And like you said, um, you know, I think going, if you don't usually multi-max, you know, enter with, you know, 150 lineups, I just think, you know, if you, if you really have some conviction, like it sounds like you do on some guys down here, you know, that's a strategy that, you know, you kind of pick and choose those events when you choose to go a little more in. And so, mm. yeah, if you feel like you got an edge here, um, I think that's a great strategy. But but yeah, there's there's literally so many guys you can make a case for. Even if you want, even a Chris Goddard, you know, at 7100, just from talent alone. Even though he's more of a bomber, you know, he's proven. You know, his his approach game is really good. He can get streaky. You know, not the best putter in the world, but he is kind of streaky on the greens. Um, you know, uh, Patton Kazire is an, is a name that really sticks out to me here. You know, finished in the top ten in Mayakoba, his last event. You know, he had an interview afterwards that you know he kind of talked about how he kind of found something in his game and he kind of, you know, made changes and he saw a lot of improvement, um, that last event. And so, you know, a guy who, you know, another Sea Island mafia member, um, you know, uh, local to the area. And so I really like Pat Kazira at seven K, uh, you know, Ben Taylor looking at what he did last week, you know, if you yeah. want to go back to the hot hand, you know, he's made five of his last six cuts. He's kind of one of those consistent players. He's gaining, um, in all four categories, Chesson Hadley, uh, again, still trying to figure this out, but he finished sixth in my model. And just looking <laughs> across the board, like when you look at approach, when you look at, you know, on uh, correlated courses, uh, obviously he's always good with the putter. He's eighth in chances gained. So he's giving himself chances. Um, mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, he kind of tends to pop on certain courses. And uh, uh, just looking back at his, what's his course history here? So, couple missed cuts mixed in with some, you know, 23rd back in uh, 2021. Uh, but again, we're looking at 6,900 here. Uh, so, you know, he's definitely worth it at that price. Um, you want to keep going. You know, Callum Taren has, has had some recent struggles, uh, but another guy who, you know, can dial it in on approach. Um, 
Are we going into the... yeah, yeah, let's get into the dumpster darling situations. Yeah. All right. I've got, I've got a lot of guys I'm going to rattle off here too. So go ahead and, and rattle off yours, and then I'll, I'll wrap it up with, with guys I like too. Yeah, Austin Cook, and I know you love him this week too. Um, when you look at uh, what he's done here, obviously he won here. Um, and, uh, you know, missed the last two cuts the last two years, but he's been playing some really good golf recently. You know, he's got mm. a you know, I don't know how many cuts he's made in a row, uh, but this is a course that he's even come out and said, you know, when he when he played um, in college, you know, the SEC tournament was here. He played here every year. You know, he's he's talked a lot about how for him personally, when he plays a lot at a certain course, he seems to get better, which obviously doesn't make sense. And so, you know, he may have more course history here than any other player just based on how much he's played here. Um, and then, you know, you, you keep going even a little bit lower here. The, it's a little more scattered for me. You know, I think Tyler Duncan and Robert Streb, uh, two guys who have actually won here. Yeah, we've got multiple um, winners of this event winners. in the 6K range right Yeah, Three of them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, again, just playing the course history narrative. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tyler Duncan struggled recently. Robert Streb mm -hmm. seems to always struggle. Uh, but, again, you get these weeks where these guys tend to pop and they've shown – uh, an affinity for this course uh, you know i definitely think you know if even if you're looking at the last guy in your lineup you know you know 6700 uh, is, is just great value for those guys and a little bit lower here um it kind of comes down to i think aaron badley at 65 you know a guy who's just shown mm -hmm. even recently you know he's qualified for a couple of these events and he's made cuts um you know a guy who kind of plays very well in the wind um and then Vaughn Taylor, uh, you look at his course history here, he's got two top tens, uh, and he always is like perpetually 6,400. And so if you're just looking, again, for a cut maker, a guy who's very accurate off the tee, like this course fits Vaughn Taylor perfectly. Um, so I will play him 15 20% at 6,400 without any worries just because of how consistent he is on these types mm -hmm. of courses. And then I guess we'll just, you know, we, we mentioned him earlier. Um, I guess I did, but Dean Burmeister, like that's just – this, you know, I, I know he was bad. He was very bad last week. You know, I played a whole bunch of him. I would have guaranteed that he would have made the cut last week. And, of course, he didn't. Yeah. Uh, but he comes back this week, and they drop his price all the way to, <laughs> to 6300 doesn't make any sense. That's so a mistake, yeah. I don't know how much I'm going to go in on him. Um, I, I might maybe should be a little more conservative uh, than I want to. But, uh, you know, he's a guy who bombs it off the tee. But he's really good around the greens, and he's a really good putter. And so mm – -hmm. Um, you know, but I think at that price, you have to, you have to find a way to get at least a little bit of him in your lineup. So that's kind of where it ends for me here. Cool. No, I, you threw out some guys that I absolutely adore. Um, Ryan Armour isn't Austin Cook. We got, I got on that train early and then, and now he's starting to get, he's getting up there, but I just haven't been able to capitalize with him with in my lineups. But Ryan Armour also, one of these guys that's just $6,800. He's going to give you a lot of, a lot of, I think he's had what? T27, T21, and a T13 here, along with some other missed cuts. So he's, if he makes the cut, he's looking for a top 30. Ryan Moore, also, last two events, he's T48, T28. You know, like, very accurate. Perfect course fit, yeah. Henrik Norlander has played nicely here, too, and he finished T15th at Mayakoba, which is also a very nice, calm course for this venue. David Lingmuth, as well. T8 and T11 at Butterfield and Mayakoba. And he's played well year before too. So he's made two of his last two cuts at this venue. Charlie Hoffman is um, another guy that's very interesting. Who's playing some good golf. 
I'm kind of out on Tyler Duncan just based off how bad he's playing right now. Rory Sabatini got disqualified for having stickers on his golf club here after gaining multiple strokes in round one. Love him. Um, Cameron Percy, also a very popular player, I think, in this range. And he's playing some good golf, even though he hasn't played a lot of it. Eric Cole is one of, he's going to be my Austin Cook. He missed two cuts in a row, gaining strokes. And then his last two starts, he's finished T35 and T27. So, hello, Austin Cook, switch out person. Love him, yeah. And then Nate Lashley as well. Um, he's he's made the cuts consecutively in four, four straight starts, but his, his upside's lacking. Brian Gay, hello, Brian Gay. Butterfield Bermuda champion. I mean, that's a perfect comp course for me. He's got great accuracy off the tee, and he can make a bunch of putts. And he's played well here before. I think he finished um, third once upon a time back in the 2017, but when he had, when he didn't have blonde tips, Zach Blair is a very, very good iron player and very, very accurate. So you're going to get a whole bunch of good ball striking from him. What is going to happen with the putter? We don't know, but I'm definitely going to throw him in a bunch of lineups. Like you said, Vaughn Taylor, Brian Stewart's right under Dean Burmester. He's, he is hitting his irons incredibly well. And his accuracy off the tee is amazing. But he's just super short. So every time he tees it up, he's losing off the tee. You can't do anything about that. But at this venue, that's perfect, right? So love Brian Stewart. Philip Knowles, same exact thing. Love him, yeah. Very accurate off the tee. Um, who else? Dylan Wu. I've got bunches of people. Dylan Wu and Nick Watney. Both very good course histories at this at this place. And they seem to be doing some good things in 2023. So love that from these guys. These are like... This is the reason why there's so many good course history and guys that are kind of sneaking under the radar in the six sixty three hundred dollar range, which when you're looking at all this ownership at the top of the board, especially with Tony Finau out, you're going to have to have some guys that are like one or two percent owned in your lineup. So I think those are going to give you some opportunities to do that. Ron, slice the cake in half for me. Yeah. Where are we cutting the, the pie and who are you liking on either side of it? Yeah, let's... Uh... Let's see here. Let's go 7,500 and above. Um, so up top, you know, I, I think it's, it is really important this week to, like I said earlier, get as much win equity in your lineup as you can. Um, my guy up top, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Tom Hoagie. Um, I just think that elite iron game, his ability to hit those wedges uh, so close to the hole. Um, I think that's going to be paramount here along with his ability to hit fairways, which he, he does pretty consistently. So I'm, I'm going to go with Tom Hoagie. And then if we're going below, uh, I'm going to go go to Taylor Moore here. You know, he was a guy that I had pegged kind of in the in low to mid 8K range. And so coming in at 7,400, um, you know, I think that's a really good value for him. Um, and, you know, if I had to go at 1B down here, Justin Lauer would be my other guy. Cool. Yeah, I I like that lower play. I don't know. Taylor Moore, just I'm going to be off of him this week. I don't know. I, the off the tee stuff for me is a bit of a concern, but that's not surprising for either of us disagreeing once again. Seven and a half K above, Brennan Todd, $8,000, 30 in my model, 8K. I just, theoretical course fit for days. Let's go. I don't I don't know why. It's Don't overthink it, right? I mean, his his approach play as well has been very good recently. So you don't typically think of of that when you think of Brendan Todd. And then in the seven seven K range, oh yeah, um, 
I'm going to go with John Ha. Jockey Johnny is going to be my guy in the $6,900 range. So that's that's my guy in the $7,500. But yes, apologies for getting way too excited about this event. I know I shouldn't be that excited about a tournament that doesn't really have anyone that's inside the top 10 in the world. But such is life in the fall swing. So that's it for the week. That's it for the year. So we've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up in January. Um, we'll see if I get if I can get my contract renewed. Um, and then I'm sure fine. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to have a whole bunch of fun stuff going on. We're going to try and think of some fun stuff to add to the show. Um, if you're a, a regular listener to this, please feel free to reach out to Ron and I and just let us know if you if you want anything random added to the show. You know, we're always looking to improve on things and, and really want to make it a nice viewing experience for you guys too. So that's what's cooking on our side. Um, anything else from your side, Ron? Yeah, lots of research uh, these last, uh, once we get out of this week, uh, lots of stuff um, trying to get into here. And uh, uh, But yeah, uh, looking forward to January. Uh, just very inter interesting to see how this new PGA Tour schedule looks. Of course, there's still whispers of uh, other players moving to the Live Tour. And, uh, you know, hopefully nobody else leaves because it's, it's, it's watered down a bit too much, in my opinion, right now as it is. So... Um, yeah, should be an interesting few months leading up to uh, the Century Tournament of Champions, one of my favorite tournaments of the year uh, in Hawaii there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yep, that's it from us on the BetSpurt side of things for this year, folks. Um, thank you for your support this year already, and um, happy Christmas. Merry New Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll catch you guys in January. <laughs>